to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome once again to Freedom to Choose. And uh, we're working on parables and object lessons and you know what? I'm kind of crossed up in my numbers here. I think we're on program 33. I hope we are. But uh, that's that's what we're going to call this one. Let's see. One, two. Yes. We're going to hope for the best there. Yes. Um, and if not, we'll get on track next program because I don't know how I transpose, but I, I think that's right. Anyway, let's try it. <clears throat> Uh, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, thank you once again for a great opportunity we have to discuss your principles and the words and the, and the parables that you gave us, um, and especially the one on the talents. Lord, please bless our hearts and our minds as we go through this, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, so we're on the, we talked about the talents uh, last time, and I just, I, I think we didn't get to everything I think we wanted to talk about, so we're going to we're going to talk about that parable again a little bit. Uh, and, you know, there's there's so much uh, when Jesus talks about talents that there's so much we can waste. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think you, that's like what's really happening in the world today. Everything is, is everything that all these... Um, new discoveries and the the things that are supposed to give us progress i think are actually flip us onto the other side of of actually detracting from life you know so well, things are supposed to be made easier it's not like we're all sitting on the sofa eating bonbons but by the same token that the technology that we've got may, has made life so easy for a lot of us that we just about basically could. Well, and I think too is because of technology, you know, you instead of of um you know, instead of everybody out there working for their own food, you know, you're sitting in front of a TV with I'm a saying. control, yeah. with a controller in your hand and you're living in some virtual reality instead of actually being out in and amongst. Well, yeah, I mean, you can actually right. run your entire company from your sofa. Absolutely, nowadays. right. It's the so the technology is good in a medical sense and in a, in a lot of other physical senses, but by the same token, it can cause us to be lazy. Right. I think it, I think it has to do with where, how, where's your heart at and what your mindset is mm-hmm. because yeah, um, it, you can become very um, isolated. Well, yeah. Now more than ever, it yes. takes effort to get out and to participate. Right. It takes real effort because it's so easy not to have to. Well, and I think too, is I think the technology m- it has us engaging across social media mm-hmm. and things like that instead of talking one on one to people, you know, face yeah. to face. Yeah. Everybody's looking at their phone, yeah. you know, or the, some screen. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the uh, this is where we're at with our um, yeah the parable. talents yeah yes. the talents the kingdom of heaven Jesus said is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man according to his ability and he took his journey okay so the man of course as we talked about last time traveling the man was that traveled into the far country that represents Jesus who, when he was speaking the parable, was heading from earth to heaven very soon. And, of course, the slaves or the servants in the parable represent his followers. That's that's us. Right. And the Lord asks us to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, and with all of our mind. So what does that mean? What it means is that we should do those things that develop our intellect to its fullest capacity, that with all of our mind we may know and love our Creator. Eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know Susan as well as I do now. And every day I'm trying to figure her out. <laughs> Hopefully but, that's a good thing, Yeah, right? but I mean, you know, the more you know about someone and you— and The more you spend time with someone. Yeah, and, and you, you know, you interact and you question and you say, okay, I wonder what—, what what makes her tick, and the more mm-hmm. I find out what makes her tick, the more I love her. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm going to isolate from her, mm-hmm. then the relationship is going to sour. It's going to go. It's the same thing with God. He wants us to develop our intellects, and He wants us to ask Him questions and interact with Him, and also become, uh, you know, in, intellectually sound, so we can think things through. Right. So it, it it's the same thing in a relationship. It takes time to have that relationship with God. It doesn't just happen. Right. It's something that you have to really plan it, it, for and to do and to participate it takes time. in. Right. Yeah. Eternal life is to know God and right. Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. That's what it is to and, know and Him. I think it's an individual knowing. It's intimate. And it's an individual intimate knowing. Right. Because you can't have a relationship via someone else's no, picture experience. of God. You know, so when we go to church, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with church, but a lot of times we go to church and we're relying upon the experience of the pastor or someone else or whoever's a speaker, whoever's a leader in church to direct our relationship. And God says, no, that's that's it's, not the way it's, it's supposed to be. It's an individual thing. Right, it's supposed to be between us and him. You know, um, it's interesting you say that because Revelation, in, in the book of Revelation, it says that there will be some people in the end of time who have the testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, these people will have studied the life of Jesus, and through that study, because if you think about it, Jesus' life is his testimony. Right. And see, applying that life into our own life, applying those principles that Jesus taught, will develop in us the intellect to discern right from wrong. These people will not only know how to treat people like Jesus did, their lives will bear witness that Jesus is working in their lives. Their lives will be the testimony of Jesus. It says they overcame by the word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. And, and, and a, a blood of the Lamb. And I wa- kind of want to just touch on that a little bit. What we've learned from our studies, of course, is that, and we'll go back to this, unless we eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus, there's no life in us. The blood is a metaphor for the life of Christ. That's the only way we can know God is through studying the life of Jesus. It's the only way. And then Paul says, put into practice those things which we have learned. So unless we eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus, there's no life in it. In other words, unless we assimilate his character, 
unless we study it, study him, unless we see how he treated people, unless we see how God acted in human flesh. Um, you know, we we use other one-liners, if you will. We say there's power in the Word. I, I want to ask the question, is there power in the Word, or is there power in the one to whom the Word testifies? The Bible testifies of the one who has the power. Right. And so is there power in the Bible, or is there power in the one whom the Bible tells That's us right. about? Is there power in the blood, or is there power in the one who shed his blood, whose life the blood symbolizes? Right. So are we saved by the blood of the Lamb, or are we saved by the life and the death of the person that the Lamb points to? When we allow ourselves to be guided by His Spirit, the more thoroughly and the, in- the intellect is cultivated and the more effectively it can be used in God's service. That's right. So we have to think these things, things through. Remember, a metaphor is only as good as what it points to, mm-hmm. and if it's applied wrong— We'll get, we're going to get into trouble. Right, because a lot of, you know, you hear, well, people can be, you know, into the blood, right, when the blood is just a really a representation of the life. And mm-hmm. so hematologists or whatever they're called, yeah. you know, they, they study that, and it's not the physical blood. It is his life that gives us that He's the one with the power. The power. Right. He is the one. Jesus right. has the power. Right. Yeah, so— um, these metaphors, they're great, for, uh, but they've got to point to something. The life of Christ was an ever-widening, ever-expanding influence, an influence that bound him to God and to the whole human family. Through Christ, God has filled us with an influence that makes it possible for us to live for others. And I mean, that's my hard nut to crack, if you will, mm-hmm. is, I, you know, I'm, it's hard to live for others, you know? See, but it's we're a big family. Individually, we're connected with our brothers and sisters as a part of God's great family, and we're bound together having both the trials and the joys of life in common. And that would make, you know, we're all common. We're all part of the human family. And Jesus became a part of that, mm-hmm. you know. But we're bound together with those trials. We're bound together with the joys of life. And so we, we are all connected. right. And so when we're in service with one another, using our talents to help others, it, it strengthens that connect- connection, and by default strengthen, strengthens that connection with God. Right, it's, and it's something really powerful when we go, into the, we go into the prison every weekend and we spend you know, two and a half, almost three hours there, and it's, uh, there's something really powerful about being in a room with people. We, we're all, we're all, we can all testify to our wretchedness and you know the mistakes that we've made in the past but we can also testify testify to the fact that God is the one that has the power to bring us through all this and to set us right so that we all will be at the throne of 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 God mm-hmm. you know in the last day because yeah. because it's a it's a building of faith within that community you know, we all have struggled and we all have, you know, really had our issues, but we can also, you know, concentrate on Jesus and God's plan of salvation to really knit us together so that we have that hope. Yeah, you know, and I think we forget that as a human family that we're all, we all have our own trials. And every, but n- 
Every person on the yeah, face of the no, earth does. Yeah, my pains and my sorrows and my griefs and my, and the troubles that I have up in my head, I don't have a corner on that market. Right. I'm not exclusive. There are people going through the same types of things that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. The only way to get through that in a Christ-like manner is help somebody else that's going through the same thing I am, and then I will be helped in turn. And, and see, that's what when we talked about the testimony of Jesus— Mm-hmm. So you see in his life, when he was going through pain on the cross, what was his testimony? Other his people. testimony was to think of those people that had made the mistake of crucifying him. Mm-hmm. His testimony was to think for his mother, knowing mm-hmm. that she was just going to grieve yeah. you know, the loss of him. That's how you see what God is really like. When, when he allows his creation to nail him to the cross, how's mm-hmm. he going to act? Right. And that's that's, that's if we can focus on that, we can realize that the that the that the things that we hold against people are just you know are inconsequential. No, they're inconsequential to that greater plan of salvation. Yeah, yeah. God's looking at that big picture. That's right. He's always looking at the big. And picture. And so he and I think he's always asking us, can you you know step back? Can you get and step get a back a little picture? bit? Yeah. Get yeah. Rich, get out of your head. Right. Get out of your own head. It's kind of like the view that you have of, of a parade. You know, when you're on the side of the yeah. street, you yeah. see one float at a time. Yeah, when you're standing right on the street, you see one float at a time. You can't see the beginning or the end. You just see, boom, what's right there right. in front you of your face. You get up on the 14th floor of the building in the center of the block, and you see the entire parade at, all at once. And you can see how things are interacting. Why is this guy going so slow? Well, oh, they're having trouble with the horses up ahead. Now it makes sense. So, you know, it, 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 there's just so much the farther back you stand that you can see. Right. And so I think that, that God wants us to stand back and yeah. have that big picture. Exactly. And that's, I think that was part of Jesus's testimony. He was able to stand back and to to see the pain that Judas, his Judas's expectations were being crushed because he got everything all wrong. Mm-hmm. And so instead of God chastised, Jesus chastising him at the Last Supper— he washed his feet, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so because Jesus saw that bigger picture, he saw Judas slipping away, mm-hmm. and instead of of um, going for the throat like a lot of us would have, you know, to protect ourselves, Jesus gave all mm-hmm. at he that gave time. All. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's um, you know, none of us are independent. The well being of each other, you know, the well being of each one of us affects the well being of someone else, and it's God will that that each one of us will have the desire to pr- to promote the welfare of others and inspire their happiness. That's right, because every person is surrounded by an atmosphere of his or her own, um, an atmosphere that can be filled with courage and hope um, and the life-giving power of love. You know, I mean, I, I know people that when they walk into the room, they brighten it up immediately. Right. right. Or I also know that, especially out in a job, if I'm out on a job and it's going to be a challenging job and I see certain people walk up and they're there and I know they're there, I feel very confident. Okay, we have this person here. We have this person here. Everybody's confident. Job is going to go well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people can have just simply have that air about them. Well, I think all of us can be really honest because when you were starting to say that, I thought you were going to kind of say, you know, like, I know that sometimes I can walk into the room, and if I'm allowing the cares of this world to crush me, oh yeah, we can. Flip I can it be around. crushing to other people that I'm yeah. around. Oh yeah, yeah. You bet, yeah, Debbie Downer or whatever you yeah. want to say, yeah. Right. No, we can do that. We can, we can definitely do. Oh, that. Right. So our atmosphere can be heavy and cold with gloom, 
um, or of discontent and poisonous with selfishness and, or by the atmosphere surrounding us, every person with whom we come in contact with is going to be affected yeah. one way or another. Unconsciously or consciously, you, you, you don't know the, the impact, the impact of what, you know, um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a responsibility that we have. We can't escape it. You know, our words, our acts, our demeanor, even the expression on our face, it all has an influence. I mean, you throw a pebble in a lake and a wave is formed, and then another, and then another, and they increase, and the circle widens, and that's just the way it works with our influence, and we really, we can't do anything about it. That's just how it works, but beyond our knowledge or our control, it affects others in either blessings or cursings. Right. If by our example we are to be able to help others in the development of good principles, they have the ability to do good. In turn, they can exert the same influence upon others and they still upon others. And so by our unconscious influence, many people can be blessed. That's that ripple effect. Right. You know? And character's power. I mean, it, it really is. A silent witness of a true, unselfish, godly life carries with it a very, very attractive influence. By revealing that in our own lives, by revealing the character of Jesus, we cooperate with him in the work of saving souls. It's just how it works. It's, the only, it's only by re- revealing in our life the character of Jesus that we can cooperate with him. And that's, the, that's how the sphere of influence gets wider and wider, and the more good we're able to do. Uh, it, it, right. You know, we can't really—I mean, people have come up to me and said before, you know, hey, you know, you rolled in and you said this or you did this, and I was really down and out, and you did that, and, and I don't even remember doing it. You know, mm-hmm. but, it, but they say it, it changed the trajectory of that day and it changed the trajectory of, of a bunch of things after you think, wow, I don't even remember doing it. Right. 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 Or you tried to be positive because somebody was really down and you might have changed their whole trajectory, maybe even the trajectory of their life. Right. You never know. Right. And, and if those of us who profess to serve God would really follow the example that Jesus set, if we really were practicing the principles of the law of love in our daily lives. When everything we do bears the witness that we love God supremely and our neighbors as ourself, then the church would have the power to move the world. That's right. We, we, we want to remember that, that our influence can have a power to do evil, too. And that, mm-hmm. um, that's even worse. We can either gather people to Jesus with a healthy influence or scatter them from him with an unhealthy influence by you know, being suspicious or jealous or critical. It's almost as though that's the easier path well, you, sometimes. Yeah, and you think about it. I mean, it's easy to f- breed fear. I mean, <clears throat> check out our donkey. We do it sometimes, our donkey. We got, I don't know how many we have, 14 or something like that. Yes. We breed the mini donkeys, and it's cool. And, they, and they, they're people magnets, so people come by all the time and see them and stuff. But you want to see something funny is just spook one of them, and they all take off running. Right, With, and, without knowing why. Yeah, they don't know why. They're just running. You know, what are you running? I don't know, because he's running. I don't know why you run. I don't know. Maybe we ought to stop. I don't know. Everybody's still running. And they're just, they run, right? Right. And then they'll finally look around, and nobody knows why they ran. Well, but you can, people will do that, too. Right. You can, you we can, can have that instill fear in people where the next thing you know, you, you, everything has changed in their whole countenance and people kind of almost all get together in fear Mm -hmm. you know it can happen right the the distrust and just unbelief and infidelity in our own lives can have that ripple effect on others 
So it's only through the grace of God that we can even make anything good, anything good come out of our influence, because there is nothing in us by ourselves by which we can influence others for good. If we could only just realize that our helplessness and our need of divine power, we wouldn't be so trusting of ourselves. I, I think that that was, um, you know, I think that was one of Peter's big problems was he wanted to be good so bad mm-hmm. that he made a lot of promises to Jesus and stuff, but he trusted in himself. Right. You know, I think he meant what he said mm-hmm. in a lot of, you know, I'll never deny you, I'll never this, I'll never oh, that. Oh, sure. Right. Right. And I know myself, I can't go into a situation and say I'm not going to get mad in this situation. Mm-hmm. I have, it. it it's going to be a byproduct of my relationship with God or whether I behave in a situation or not. It's gonna not going to be whether I'm going to try to stay in control or not stay in control. Right. You know what I mean? It's the same thing on the roadways. <laughs> yeah, it's a byproduct of whether or not your you, your relationship with his God is good, and you're looking at the big picture or not. It's it's not okay and today. You're, and you're allowing other people where to be where they need to be. Yeah. Instead yeah. of you know yeah. demanding that they be where you want exactly. them to be. Exactly. Right. That because that's that's a big problem that we all have too is to try to control everything. You know, and there's one thing that we all have in common. Every human being has in common. And that's none of us knows what's going to happen next. There's always a potential of being caught off guard. So committing ourselves, our lives to God is the key to behaving properly. It's because if we're not committed to God and we're caught off guard, that's exactly what's going to happen. We are going to be caught off guard. Right. You know, God has uh, angels appointed to watch over us. The Bible is full of the examples of that. And if we put ourselves under their guardianship, we will become more and more able to respond to the Spirit of God. When we are unconsciously in danger of exerting a wrong influence, the angels will be right there, even helping us to choose correct words and influencing our actions for the better. You ever had that happen? Yes. Something good came out of your mouth. You have no idea where it came from. Yes. You ever had a bad happen too, where something good should have come out, but something bad came yes. out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's it's just how it can happen. But mm-hmm. uh, how about let's before we go here, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, what about time? Mm-hmm. Is it an asset? Is it a talent? If you will. Absolutely. I mean, can you use time very wisely and use it to your advantage. You know, the value of time, it's, we, I don't know that we can calculate that. Uh, and you look at the life of Jesus, he used every moment, didn't he? Absolutely. And some of us have used, have wasted a lot of our lives. So yeah. how do we end up dealing with that? Because co- time squandered can never be recovered. We can't get back even one moment. The only way in which we can redeem our time is by making the most of that which re- remains, yep. by being co-workers with God in his great plan of redemption. Yeah. I mean... I like what you said there. The only way in which we can redeem our time is by making the most of the time that remains. I mean, right. we, that's so why the rear view mirror is small and the windshield's big, right? Right. You can't go back and shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. That'll tear you up. That'll, Absolutely. That'll cause a lot of bad self-talk. Um, today, and, you know, today we're forming our characters for the future so that we can use time more wisely. And uh, and it's now that we, we need to prepare. You know, we need to prepare... F- to, to use our time more and more wisely as we go. And, and be diligent in those things that are put in front of us. You know, to, whatever work we have or whatever people we're brought in contact with is to just really be open to the Spirit of God even before you get out on your day and and be willing to be used by Him to bring people more people into the kingdom. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, uh, what's Colossians? Let's see. You know, when Jesus says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Um, it's, it's talking about everything you do. Right. Put, it, put everything into mm-hmm. it. Put everything you've got into it, right? Absolutely. Um, and you, I know there's a rub there. You don't want to get your life so absorbed in temporal things because you're trying to do everything perfect. But no, be smart about things. Put everything you can and understand that everything is a character-building process. Everything you do, even the little things, mm-hmm. the way you talk to the people that you may not even feel you need to talk to. Maybe they need a pat on the back right now. You know, it's just how things work, and it's just how things, uh, how reality works. How God works. designed this God, world. Yeah. yeah. God, everybody's a servant. Absolutely. If we could just get that through our heads, everyone is a servant. Yes. And if I'm placed here to use my time wisely and my talents wisely in that regard. Well, it's time to go, folks. So I want you to remember that there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.